Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Movie Hive. You got your host, Mr. Tony Lamar, right here back from San Antonio from this year's um, San Antonio Film Festival back in August 1st through the 6th. I'd like to thank Mr. Adam Roca for allowing me to come and hang out with him and all his movie buddy friends. And yes, thank you for that. And real quick about the film festival, the San Antonio Film Festival was just pure energy, I like to say, because I was able to talk to filmmakers, screenplay writers, directors, film goers, film lovers, just all around the world. He even spoke to a director from from Hawaii, which I also loved. I love talking to my local buddies and brothers and sisters out there. That was such a great time. That interview is available on our podcast and also on YouTube. So let's go back to this film festival here, the San Antonio Film Festival. And one of the films I was able to see was Created Equal, directed by Bill Duke, starring Lou Diamond Phillips and Eric DeVee. Now, Aaron DeVitt, you may know him from playing Danny Zuko in the Lo- Grease Live that aired this past fall. Of course, everybody knows who's Blue Diamond Phillips from La Bamba, La- Long Mirror, and I had, I'm going to admit my favorite movie, The Big Hit, which he was awesome, and he gave me a special shout-out when uh, we're talking about um, his movies. So, let's go right into this Q&A. We're going to go right into it. You're going to hear uh, Blue Diamond Phillips talking about um, the one, the plot, or the son of the, of the writer of this movie, and we'll go right into that Q&A, and I'll be back afterwards. The Ritter's father, Eric Ritter. I was a little scared to invite him, since he's, a, he's undercover right now. He's not, you know, he didn't wear the, you know, the collar to scare me. Uh, <laughs> like, stick to playing pop salute. Don't be a priest. Uh, but uh, I, I've often said, you know, throughout my career uh, that, you know, as artists, as entertainers, as, as uh, movie makers, as people you know, who are storytellers on television, uh, in film, and even on stage, um, you know, our, first, our first responsibility is to entertain, you know, to, to uh, you know, take you someplace for a couple hours, to tell you a story, to transport you. But there are the uh, occasions, not always, but there are the occasions where you get to make a film like this that is relevant, that is thought-provoking, that is emotional, that touches you in your heart and touches you in your mind, and you carry it with you, and you think about issues like this. And what I have to say is that I think uh, Theta, who, who directed the, the writing of the script, and uh, uh, Bill, you know, our director, they, they handled this with such care and, and, and such, I think, responsibility. I mean, uh, Father Eric, you, you were talking about the research and how how you felt about that? You know, you, you, could, what'd you think? Thank you. So, so any of us who are Catholic will not be excommunicated now, so, so we're all right. Okay, shalom. Thank you. Uh, you know. uh, and, and so, yes, you know, to do something that, that as I've said before, isn't propaganda, isn't one-sided, that, that is fair to the people you know, involved. And, and when I got this, you know, that's exactly, when I read this role, I thought, oh, wow, this, this is compelling, this is interesting. You know, to be that guy, to be that guy who is as fervent in his belief as Allie is in hers, and to not just be the bad guy, and, and to 
to present him as an intellectual, as somebody who is reasonable, who is a, a, a man of the cloth and, and not just the heavy. And so uh, uh, I, I, was, I was honored to be able to, to bring some complexity to a role like this and, and uh, you know, to, to work with you know, this cast and crew. And, and I, a lot of times, I mean, some of the most wonderful films in my career have been little films that have broken through and, and have you know, not been watered down by the studio system, but, but come from the heart. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm quite proud to be in this. Anybody have um, any questions? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, David Perkins Film Festival today, Max. And two questions. One for you, and then I'd like to ask one for the entire group. What's a role that you would love to play as far as a person from history that just hasn't been out there yet, and you go like, "Wow, I'd really love to play this guy." Wow. Uh, you can email the answer if you don't. Know okay. like okay. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as a, a someone in history. It's interesting, there, there, there have been a couple of instances. Uh, uh, Michael Pena just played uh, Cesar Chavez a couple of years ago. That's a yes. role that I would have loved to have played because I, I, I knew Cesar. I, I marched with him, I fasted for him. Mm. I would have been honored to have uh, played a role like that. Uh, interestingly enough, like back, back in the day, uh, it's probably been like 20 years now, but they did a, a miniseries on Genghis Khan and hired an Irishman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, uh, that was interesting. And, and uh, um, there was a moment in time um, I had gone to, uh, I had testified before uh, Congress for the Filipino war veterans, and uh, uh, I was brought to the Philippines by then President Gloria Macapagal Arroyo uh, and given a commendation, and I spoke with a lot of people over there. Uh, we investigated the idea of playing Marcos but that's such a huge story uh, that, uh, I mean, it literally spans decades. I mean, the, it's, it's, it's a massive story, but that would, that would certainly be something I'd be interested in, you know, as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, I mean, what's interesting is now we have so many different platforms. You don't have just feature films. What, what seems to be the, the entertainment du jour are these limited series, you know, uh, six, eight, 10 episodes. So you could do something like that, you know, I, I think over, over a span of time. And they're spending as much money on those kind of films as they are on, you know, big budget, you know, feature films. I mean, the studios are, you know, pretty much in the, in, in the superhero business these days. And <laughs> films like this are really, really hard to, to get financing and to get made. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and once again, that's it's one of the reasons why I continue to support, you know, independent film. As, as well as you know, trying try to get into some of those big ones because you know, those pay the bills. <laughs> By the way, uh, ETA, Hell Harlan's going to run that. Excellent. I'm going to be there September 7th speaking at ETA. So. Uh, for everybody here, you mentioned that um, it's a learning experience for, you, uh, for y'all that when you take it on tour, you get the reactions from the issues and everything. Of course, whenever you make a film, it's a learning experience on that. What about on this particular film? What did you learn about yourself personally? That is, well, I didn't know I had the patience. I didn't know I, you know, good. I'm glad everybody's going. Yeah, I got to do this. But from, from the inside, as a, as a human being, what did you learn about making the film, other than your uh, the knowledge more on the issues and the research that y'all did and everything? A, a, as a person, what, what really comes out to y'all? Like, well, I learned this about myself. I learned that I am Catholic and it never ever entered my mind to be a priest. It, it truly didn't. I kept, people were saying, well, 
what would you feel? But I never wanted to be a priest. It never occurred to me. I also realized that I needed to tell them, as a nun or a Catholic, I would never cross in front of the crucifix without genuflecting, but then I would go out of camera. So they said, you can't. <laughs> you just have to acknowledge it and bow. So that's what I did. It, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't there long enough, and actually I did not know the story until today. I loved it. I loved it because it's thought-provoking, and for lack of a better word, it was not offensive to anything. It was simply thought-provoking, and I loved it. I like how it was handled. Um, for me, I liked the different perspective of women. There was a very quiet mother who, had she not gotten the money for the court, the case would have never happened. She was the one that, but then there was the daughter who was outspoken, you know, and she spoke her mind and her heart. And then there was the legalist, the mother, the nun who followed the rules. So you got to see a woman's perspective from many different, so it touched a lot of different points of view. And I really did appreciate that. I discovered uh, that wearing a cassock in New Orleans in August is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, should, yeah, you should know what's under that cassock. <laughs> um, the one thing that I do think is, is uh, um, an interesting thing, and, and uh, I've said this many times in the past, I mean, I have the best job in the world because I get to continue to learn. I am forced to use not, not my brain not just for memorization and to reading scripts, but things like that, but the trying. You cannot judge a character that you're playing. You cannot hold it at arm's length and, and uh, try to you know, telegraph to the audience that that's not me. You know, I mean, you know, I, within a very short amount of time, I got to play serial killer Richard Ramirez and this guy, you know? So, so you, you have to, as an actor, adopt that worldview and try to see you know, their, their issues from their point of view. And, and so you're continually, you know, forcing yourself to open your mind and to open your heart and to, to uh, be honest, you know, because the audience deserves that. You're telling a story and you, ha you have to, to the, to the nth degree of your ability, you know, make them believe who you are up on that screen. And, and so you have to think through these things a lot. And for me, it, it, it was the, the wonderful process of saying, okay, I, me, me, LDP, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have the answers to a lot of things. And I'm a parent, and so it's, it's hard sometimes to go, honey, I don't know, you know. But, but to be able to, to consider things, to be able to, you know, intellectually and uh, uh, emotionally, uh, compassionately, try to wrap your head around an argument, even if you cannot come up with the finite answer that certainly will not, will make everybody happy but that at least you can you know, embrace in your own heart. So for me, this was a, a really wonderful exercise in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, adopting Renzi Lee's you know, point of view. Well, um, obviously, um, this is mostly talent, and uh, I'm a producer, so I come from more of the business side. Well, I would have a creative side, too, because I had a lot to do with the, the final uh, shooting script. But um, what I kind of pulled from this, so just in case there's more people here looking to jump into the business side of this. Um, when you're doing an independent film, you're wearing like a million different hats. 
And um, sometimes I literally want to pull my hair out. <laughs> um, I mean, some of y'all probably see me running around here trying to take pictures. So I'm trying to be a photographer, and then I was able to hand it off. And then I'm trying to do video on social media so I can send to my team that's not here. And it's just so many things. And right when I'm getting rattled, then I get the moment to come sit in here and have that ah moment. But um, it lets me know that um, I guess like Ali kept saying, you know, God's will, you know, just when you think maybe you're gonna break, you know, and you wanna have a moment of just scream and, you know, but it's, it's gonna eventually settle, you know? And so that's what I keep constantly learning about myself that you can keep learning. Like Lou said, you know, no matter how old we get. Um, and, you know, I've only been in this business for eight years and, um, you know, I keep doing projects where I want to better myself, you know, and so from this project, I want to do something a step further, you know, and, um, and it's constantly knowing that you can push yourself to the brink that you think that's there and then keep moving forward, you know, because you're not going to break. It's only you determine whether or not you're going to break. And so this, this has been a journey, but I love being able to be here with you guys feeling the reaction, the love that we're getting, and the support that we're getting from people. Well, I guess for me, what I realized is that uh, I can hold my breath for longer than five minutes. <laughs> 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 and if I get hit the head with a bat, I'm not going to survive. So. <laughs> uh, that, nah, but uh, for me, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm pretty much typecast on a lot of things that I do. Security guards, bouncers, COs of prisons and stuff like that. But it's a learning experience for me because at the end of the day, you always work with a lot of talented people that you could actually take note from and be like, okay, well, if I'm ever in a situation, these are certain ways I can look at it. These are certain ways I can kind of direct myself. You know, just learning from different directors, different actors and stuff who have talent. You can always take something from it, from everybody that you work with, and that's what I do. Thank Side. And then I don't think you could go much higher than the archdiocese. 
Except for president? Right. Is there mm. something else that would probably influence that? Well, I haven't really, you know, <laughs> thought of another um, a film as far as um, challenging any of uh, our tra other traditions out there, but I would love to because I like doing movies that um, spark conversation. I also have a darker side when I write, so like I wrote a thriller. <laughs> so, um, but this is, was a bit of a thriller um, as well, but, um, but, um, but I do like empowering women. And so some of the people that I'm inspired by is like Shonda Rhimes and um, Ava DuVernay. You know, like Ava DuVernay, she has that show Queen Sugar on OWN and all of the directors are women. And um, even like Beyonce, her whole band is women, you know, so I'm inspired by um, that, you know, being able to um, empower women in that way because, I mean, honestly, the producer of a production, I'm over the whole thing. And um, if I can pull that off, a lot of other women can as well. And um, Sometimes women just don't know that because they, um, even the ones who fight against us, you know, and it's like, why are you going along with that? Like, we really can, and we're not. Uh, sometimes people think that we're trying to, like, you know, wear the pants. That's not what we're doing. We just want to have, you know, we want to have jobs. She wanted to spread the word, you know. So it has nothing to do with emasculating anybody or anything. We just want equal rights, and so that's the what myself in this industry. Um, I can kind of see myself following in the steps of those type of people like Ava DuVernay and Shonda Rhimes. And Shonda Rhimes because when you look at her shows, the diversity, and you can see it in this movie, you know, we, you know, it's Hispanic, it's black, it's white, it's Asian, you know, we, you know, we had, you know, everything, I don't know if we had every single race, but you know, you know what I mean? You know, cause that's the world we live in. I mean, you look around this room, you know, there's people from, every single race that's probably up in here. And um, I just like, you know, for people to, to see that uh, reflection, you know, on screen. Um, because there's some people in certain areas, I was a drill sergeant. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and um, what I've learned when, cause once you in regular, the, the army, once you're in for a while, you can become, yeah. Okay, well, where we at? Okay, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And um, you, you become acclimated and everybody, the diversity is just there. But when you first come in and you coming from your little, you know, wherever you're from, there's a lot of people who, you know, never been around a black person, never been around a white person. And there's a lot of, you know, acclimation that has to happen in boot camp because you become a team. But anyway, I'm going on into other stories. The whole point is, is that that's what I see myself when you're talking about that kind of stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, the author is
distribution of the film, um, we still, you know, want to go the, the, the traditional route. We're, right now, we're in talk, so, you know, follow us on all of our social media, on <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter, um, because, you know, we make all kind of announcements where we're screening at and when we're going to actually do a release date. Um, so, we're, you know, in talks of, I don't want to put, I don't want to put anything out there, but, you know, Pretty standard traditional um, distribution, and you know, with the with the world the way it's changing now, as far as movies are being watched, you know, like Lou mentioned earlier, you know, there's Netflix and Amazon Prime and um, 
you know, all of those different um, video on demand sites. So when, when it's released, we will make an announcement. So again, follow us on our Instagram page. But I really do think that, that there will be a following of people who definitely want to see this. And um, from both sides, I even think some of the people, like when we put out our trailer, you know, we have those arguments going. You know, there's people who are saying, you know, absolutely not. And then there's other people arguing for the, but that's what this movie is. You know, so we welcome it. It's because it is a conversation. Um, and so, and I think that even the ones who may be against it, they're going to still want to watch it as well. Because some people are going to want to see if, did they villainize the church? And I think they're gonna be, you know, very surprised when they watch the movie. I mean, well, you know what? I'm gonna come back. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm Martin Belstrud, I work at the festival. And um, I just wanted to thank all of you for coming out and, and supporting the film. And um, uh, I was able to drive, I had the pleasure and honor of driving you Too here, uh, and, and, and mostly because of friends, uh, uh, Daniel Baldwin, who's a, is an old friend of mine, and uh, he did a lovely film that he shot here. Uh, I came in and did a cameo for him a few years back. Uh, also, Kerry Valderrama, uh, I think some of you may know him, uh, did a film uh, called San Sanitarium with him, uh, which was shot entirely here in San Antonio. Uh, he raised the money here, he did the post here. He's actually um, is it Alamo City Studios? He's yeah. built. He's built sound stages. He's built uh, studios uh, here because he's trying to not only attract film production to come to San Antonio, but to generate uh, uh, San Antonio filmmakers and you know writers, directors, producers uh, here. And um, uh, I had the, the great pleasure of having dinner uh, with your new mayor last night. Uh, yeah, Mark Nierenberg. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, but you know we're we're talking about you know what can we do in the future not not only uh, you know for, for social projects and uh, civic projects but you know to to promote the arts here uh, and uh, I shot Longmire for six years in New Mexico thank you six seasons start streaming in September you know and New Mexico man is raking it in I mean they're they're you know a hundred million plus a year from film production that goes straight to you know, the coffers of, you know, Albuquerque and Santa Fe and, you know, all the areas that they, that they, so the film, the film commission, if not statewide, should at least, you know, try to be supportive and, and I think try to be uh, enticing to, uh, to San Antonio because uh, this is a cosmopolitan city. Uh, there, there are so many opportunities here. You can shoot urban, you can shoot suburban, suburban you can shoot country. I mean, Texas in general just has so many different locations and really, really should, uh, they're, they're decades behind as far as I'm concerned uh, in, in their ability to, to make movies here. Uh, uh, 
you know, they, they, they always want to invest in oil and energy and whatnot. It's like, right. they, 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 think, they think movie making is a little frivolous. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a cash cow and can be great for the economy. So, you know, I would love to see that happen. This would be for the actors. I don't know if there's any actors that's up there. And me? Uh, all of you. We all know that when you're acting, you draw from your personal experience and reservoir, uh, you know, the projection to the characters that you're playing. I'd like to ask a question on the reverse. Have you ever played a character to where playing that character actually rubbed off on you and became a part of your own personality? I don't know why, but I keep getting cast as a nun. Oh. <laughs> I've played a nun in three different <laughs> One time, I did, if you're familiar with the movie Doubt, yeah. yes. I played the Meryl Streep role in Doubt in a play. Mm. And I found that during the run of the play and afterwards, I was very depressed. Mm -hmm. Because she she was a, a, a not happy person. She and generally I am, and I had to really find that darkness within me and to stay there. So yeah, that rubbed off on me. Yes. Hi. That's an excellent question. I. That's what I like about acting is that you get to live many lives. You get to learn a perspective that you wouldn't know otherwise. And um, uh, I was born in Austin. I'm fourth generation oh. Austinite. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and um, I had to play somebody from Mexico who was kidnapped and her daughter was being forced to murder someone mm. uh, to okay. save me and her daughter. And I didn't, I never knew what it was like to be in those shoes. And I, it gave me such compassion for somebody that comes from a country that has to live in those circumstances. And that's what different roles do for you. They open your eyes and they give you empathy for other people. That's what I love about acting. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been incredibly lucky. Incredibly lucky with with the uh, and maybe even more so, you know, uh, uh, here in the second chapter of my life, you know, uh, playing aspirational characters. I mean, I can certainly look back, you know, at at, at Richie, yeah, uh, Angel, and Stan, and, 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 uh, uh, yeah, even Chavez and uh, Young Guns, where I, I play characters oh, yeah. that I am incredibly proud of their their integrity, of their nobility, uh, you know. Uh, for me, Henry Standing Bear right now is, yeah. is a character that, you know, uh, I'm quite proud of because, you know, he is aspirational. You know, I, I would aspire to, you know, to have his sort of wisdom and patience and evenness, you know. Uh, and, and so, you know, in, in playing a lot of those characters, uh, they, they, they become uh, mirrors, you know, uh, and reminders in your own life, I think, to, uh, you know, to walk a certain path or to, to comport yourself in a certain way. 
So uh, and maybe, maybe that's why I choose those characters. You know, and every once in a while I gotta play Richard Ramirez and just get a little weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when, the, um, when it came to me, we already had, um, it was already written three times. Well, really two times. We got another writer to kind of um, get the ideas from Bill on how he kind of saw some things. And then I just, I took those three scripts and made the best script. <laughs> well, and what I mean by that, meaning that, um, because obviously if I'm trying to put three scripts together, you, you have to make it make sense because otherwise it can go in so many different directions because all three of those writers totally wrote something different. And, um, but they all had some good stuff too. And so it's, and, and then still keeping the integrity of the book. So that's, that's actually can be kind of hard to do, <laughs> you know, to take all those different scripts and the book and, you know, turn it into what the final project was. And um, so that last June is when, we moved very quick with this film. Um, last June is when um, I met Roger and um, I immediately jumped on board and started moving like 100 miles an hour, probably even faster than that because um, Natasha, I was talking to her probably by the end of June and she was hired by, at the end of um, July. And um, so, when we start casting, um, producers kind of have, so just in case y'all don't know, um, producers have a big part of like probably getting some, some name talent a part of the project because they're looking at the business and you know, what distributors are gonna say. So, um, you know, if you, I, I know a lot of times, and I did it myself in my first project, um, I just had one talent, but he wasn't really, um, when I say talent, one um, star that had been on a television series, uh, but it had been a while. And so I had a hard lesson, because everybody else was local Houston. And I know a lot of us filmmakers, we want to do that. We want to hire all of our local people. But that movie probably would never get out. You know, I mean, we was lucky, lucky enough to get it distributed, but, um, but it's not going to get any, like, you're not going to Sony, you're not going to Paramount, you're not, you know, you're not getting any of those. And you're not even getting any of the, the mid-level. You, you're getting all of the, the vultures. That, that they're the ones who, who are going to get your project, just letting you know that. So when you are planning your project, make sure that you are one, two, you know, very recognizable faces. Um, 
that distributors would, you know, be attracted to. Because even at the end of the day, they still have to sell it to buyers. And, um, and so buyers might not even get excited. So that's just something to keep in mind. And then get all of the best talent that you have. Hey, don't get your mama, your daddy, your sisters, and all of that in the movie on. Get some real talented actors. No, for real. You, you know your mom and your sister are here. And you just basically told them why you didn't hire them. <laughs> they, they, they know I keep it real. <laughs> but um, it's actually, if you want to well, answer that question. Um, I am always looking for talent, no matter where you are. Because I work on so many different projects. Um, from, like right now I'm doing a digital series with Baron Davis, you know, retired basketball player doing a digital series. So it's all types of different things. So there's always something that you'll fit. It's something that you, you know, uh, can always slide into. Of course, being in LA, you know, being on the bigger projects, um, you know, it's, it's a little different and there's more out there. But hopefully, wherever you went, we can bring more, you know, films to San Antonio. But, you know, locally, regionally, you know, make sure that you are signed up to those websites that allow you to self-tape, allow you to self-submit to projects. And submit, you have to actually pay the money, register for the Actors Access and the whatever talents and sign up for different, uh, you know, all the different schools that are here different, you know, really max out your local market, you know, learn, you know, learning just the ins and outs of being on set and what a director does, what a producer does, you know, you want to know those things before you even go to a bigger market. So I would say definitely maximize here and then start stretching out. But LA and New York and all the other markets and even, you know, like here would maybe be Atlanta or Austin, well, maybe Atlanta or Chicago or what have you. But, um, Orleans, you know, it's, it's just being consistent, you know, working in different classes, always working on your craft, and, um, you know, just staying in it, just every day doing something towards your acting, and people will find you, people will see your talent, people will, I mean, I've searched, I, you know, all the time for all types of different projects, you know, they hire casting directors just to do searches in different markets, in different places, and you know, when they're looking for the next Disney star, you know, they're sending four casting directors out in the different territories, you know, to find that. So it's, but it's about just being consistent, staying in it and being confident in your work and, you know, in your belief. Well, that was just great. I'm so glad that you had an opportunity to hear some of this q and I cut it a little short. Definitely got a vibe of the, of the festival from the filmmakers about this particular project. You can find more about their film by going to IMDb. Just look up Creative Equal. Get your links to all the actors who are involved with the film. Links to the trailer. And just keep in mind that filmmakers are out there making films every day. They're just looking for an audience to give them just a little bit of their time to show their art. And that's what Movie Hype is all about. Until next time, keep on listening. Check us out online, YouTube. You can find us very easily. Once again, I'm your post Mr. Tony Lamar. You can find me at Tony underscore Lamar. That's my Twitter account. Or just go to my uh, Facebook page. Just look for Tony Lamar and you can find me. I'm out there, people. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time on Movie Hype.